The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPL General. The end of the international break is in sight, thank God. It's always a very long two weeks as an FPL manager. There's been plenty to chew on over the last 10 days though, as Ronaldo fever has taken over. The Manchester United forward being transferred in by more than 1 million managers already. That has to be some kind of record. At 12.5 million, it's not easy to fit him in without performing some team surgery or playing the first wildcard. I'm sure his name will be mentioned a few more times during this episode. The running order for today's podcast will be the Game Week 3 headlines and shoutouts, a quick Game Week review, a watchlist update, Twitter questions answered, and most importantly, Game Week 4 captaincy and transfers. There will be another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday, so make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening for that one. And if you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The Game Week 3 headlines seems like a long time ago now, so just a quick reminder of what happened. Manchester City midfielder slash out of position forward Ferran Torres racked up 18 points in the 5-0 win over Arsenal. Ivan Toney got his first goal of the campaign, right after I sold him of course. Everton's Damari Gray made it 2-2 to stake a claim as a midfield enabler to accommodate the likes of Ronaldo or Lukaku up front in our teams. Callum Wilson was on the score sheet again, but he could be out for a while now with injury, so that's one to keep an eye on in the press conferences on Friday. There was a Vardy party at Norwich, the Leicester striker scoring and assisting for a 12-pointer. Points machine, Mikel Antonio produced the goods again to bring his points tally to 40 in just three matches. What a player. Chelsea's Reese James was sent off for handball in their game at Anfield, which completely changed the game. That one finished one apiece. Leeds were disappointing again. Bamford scored a late equaliser at Burnley. Sun was the match winner as Tottenham beat Watford 1-0. Just as I'm recording, I've seen a tweet about Sun picking up an injury on international duty. So that's another one to keep an eye on towards the end of this week. And finally, Mason Greenwood scored for the third game in succession in Manchester United's arguably fortunate 1-0 win at Wolves. Game week three shoutouts. There was no new members to the 59th minute club, unfortunately. But as always, I've gone through the minutes of all teams and all players and I've picked out a few players for notable mentions. Brighton's Adam Lalana was very close, 58 minutes. Also, Arsenal's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang managed just 58 minutes. Gabriel Jesus at City was also very close to joining the club. He just about made it to 60 Rhys James, who I mentioned already, sent off after 47 minutes. So he got an assist and a red card. And he finished the game with just one point and will now miss the Aston Villa game. Kyle Walker, 45 minutes, taken off at half time for a one-pointer. So missed out on the Man City clean sheet there. And finally, Harvey Barnes. I seem to mention him every week as a notable mention. 66 minutes in game week three. That followed his 63 minutes. And 71 minutes so quite simply Barnes not an FPL option at the moment 
because he's not getting enough game time. So keep an eye on the clocks in game week four and make sure you tag me in a tweet if you see anyone getting the dreaded substitution. A quick review of how game week three went for me. It was another pretty solid game week. Nothing spectacular for me so far this season, but overall pretty happy with the start. It was 65 points, which has me ranked at 288k. I am trying not to look at my rank too much this season, but I will mention it from time to time on this episode. I used my two free transfers going into the game week. I brought in Calvert-Lewin and Ben Rama for Ivan Tony and Grealish. And overall, I actually lost out on one point on that move. Calvert-Lewin and Ben Rama scored 11 between them. Tony and Grealish scored 12. But I don't mind that too much because long term, I'm happier to own Calvert-Lewin and Ben Rama rather than Tony and Grealish. So hopefully those two will do the business over the coming game weeks. Hopefully Calvert-Lewin's okay. He does have a yellow flag. So there seems to be a lot of yellow flags kicking about this week. So press conferences are more important than ever on Thursday and Friday. The good and the bad. The goods, Captain Antonio for 22. Salah got 10. Calvert-Lewin 9. Shaw finally got a clean sheet. Trent got four, despite not keeping a clean sheet, so it's nice to see those two bonus points. And Danny Ings got an assist. I think he did get a yellow card, though, but four points, I always say, is much better than two points. The bad, Sanchez and goal, just two points. Ailing, also just two points. And disappointing from the midfielders, aside from Salah, Benrama, Rafinha and Bruno, all scoring just two points. My initial plan, when I made my captaincy matrix at the start of the season... I was going to captain Bruno in game week three. So thankfully, Antonio emerged and I was flexible and I changed my mind and I went for Antonio. So captaincy is going okay so far this season. Overall, pretty happy with the squad. So I never really considered wildcarding during the break. I'm happy to wait another few weeks for that to get some more information on players and teams. A watch list update now. The players, first of all, the players I've removed from the watch list following game week three, there's quite a few. Pereira at Leicester, he picked up an injury and more so I've removed him because Leicester have been pretty poor defensively this season. Charlie Taylor at Burnley is also gone. No clean sheets for Burnley so far and I think Taylor has, you know, he offers limited attacking potential. He's not going to get too many assists or goals. Uh, Shane Duffy at Brighton has also been removed because I've got Veltman and I've got Sanchez. So I'm not looking to get Shane Duffy. Hopefully Veltman now that he played 45 minutes in game week three. I'm hoping he starts in game week four and that'll finally get that ailing Veltman rotation that I plan to use for the long term. Reese James is gone from the watches because he's suspended, but he will come back into my thoughts as soon as he's back because I think we're all going to be looking at Chelsea from game week seven onwards and Reese James has been very impressive before he got the red card. Matt Ritchie at Newcastle I've removed as well. He's got a lot of chances created this season. I think he's created the second most chances in the league. But I find it very hard to buy a Newcastle player who is not Callum Wilson. So I don't think Ritchie will be coming into my side. Also, Riyad Mahrez is gone from the watch list for obvious reasons. Last two game weeks, he's played 15 minutes and 29 minutes. So what is? I think he's 8.9 million. Way too much cash for a big rotation risk player. Harvey Barnes is gone. Again, not getting enough minutes. Deli Alley is also gone because if I'm going to buy a Spurs player, it's going to be Son or it's going to be Harry Kane. But like I said, injury concerns over Son now as well. Kevin De Bruyne also gone from the watch list. Quite simply, I will add him back as soon as I see him on the pitch. 
And the final player removed is Neil Mopai at Brighton. He caught the eye game week one. Hasn't done so much since. But the main reason Mopai is gone, it's not because of him. It's because of the other strikers. Antonio, Calvert-Lewin, you know, Ronaldo, Lukaku. There's just no space for Mopai in my squad at the moment. Players added to the watch list following game week three. The main man, Cristiano Ronaldo, for obvious reasons. Great fixture against Newcastle. He is high on everyone's radar at the moment. Harry Kane also added because he's back. He's playing. Disappointing one-pointer against Watford. But he is back on the watch list. I do prefer Ronaldo and Lukaku, though, as a premium striker. So Kane's probably not going to be coming in soon. But he'll always be on my watch list when he's fit and playing. I've added Tony to the watch list, having sold him going into game week three. He's got two decent fixtures coming up. I think if you have him, he's fine to keep. Again, similar to what I mentioned about Mopai, because there's lots of other strikers I'm interested in, I can't see myself bringing Tony back in in the next week or two, but he is someone I'm going to keep an eye on. Christensen at Chelsea has also been added. He's only 5 million. He's played the first three games, plays for arguably the best defence in the league. So if he can nail down that spot this season, which I think he could, given how well he started the season, he is the cheapest route into the Chelsea defence. So when it comes to wildcard, whenever that is, or when it comes to game week seven, if I'm looking for a Chelsea defender, if Christensen has played every game up to that point, I think I'll be taking the plunge. Another Chelsea player added to the watch list is Kai Havertz. He was taken off at halftime or just after the red card because obviously Chelsea changed system and Thiago Silva came on. But he scored a great header in that game and he's looked pretty good this season as well. So again, we're all going to be looking at Chelsea players pretty soon. I think it will come down to Mason Mount versus Havertz for me. I think both have looked very good so far this season. So Havertz and Mount are now both on the watch list. Connor Gallagher at Crystal Palace is also on the watch list. Two goals in game week three. He also hit the crossbar in one of the games earlier in the season. And he, he said himself in the post-match interview that he's trying to get himself into the box as often as possible. So I think he's only about 5.5 million. So, you know, himself and Damari Gray are enablers to fit in these big strikers. So Gallagher is looking good. And finally, at Wolves, Connor Cody. You think he's only 4.5? You know, I've seen a lot of people go for Semedo, who's a little bit more expensive. I tend to favour the players that are just a bit more nailed on to play every week. So I think if I was going for a Wolves defender, I like the look of Cody as a cheap option. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Next section is Twitter questions. I've picked out 10 of the best ones that cover the main hot talking points going into game week four. First one is from Plastic Pearl. If it comes out closer to the deadline that there's a number of players with issues coming back from international duty, let's say four or five were flagged, would you wildcard or would you write it out for a week? So yeah, I haven't really considered wildcarding during the break because my squad looks absolutely fine. I may take a minus four, but you know I haven't really thought about wildcard. Now, if there's lots of issues come Friday night, after the press conferences, if if let's say four or five of my players are unavailable for the weekend, 
absolutely I will consider wildcard. And that's not to say I would definitely do it. But at the moment, my bench is very weak. I think I've got Shimakas, Brownhill, and then whichever of Ailing or Veltman that I don't start. So I can't really afford to lose any players. And I've got Calvert-Lewin, who's flagged at the moment as well. So if he was to be ruled out, then obviously the wildcard juices would start to flow a little bit more. So yeah, absolutely. Got to be flexible. I'm not planning to wildcard. But if things go wrong between now and the weekend... I will always remain open to wildcarding for game week four. Scott also had a wildcard related question. Is a wildcard a worthy consideration at this point if you have a free transfer, but you're thinking only two or three changes are needed in your squad? Is it better to take a hit on points? So yes, if you think you would only make two or three changes to your squad, do not wildcard. I always say it's the most powerful weapon you have and you've only got one of them for the first half of the season. It's very early days. I still think we're lacking information. There's still quite a few unknowns. So if your squad is looking relatively healthy, I don't think you should wildcard this week. It's always team dependent on a wildcard. There's no right or wrong time to do it. If your squad's a mess this week, if you feel like it needs a shake-up, then it could be absolutely fine to play the first wildcard. But like I said, I'm open to a minus four. I would probably go as far as a minus eight, before playing the wildcard. I wouldn't go any bigger. If it gets to minus 12, I think that's when you should probably hit the wildcard button. But yeah, I always try and avoid those bigger hits. I very rarely take a minus eight. So if you can take just a minus four this week, and if your squad looks much more like it would, if you were wildcarding, then yeah, do that. And hold on to the chip for a little bit longer. Question from Benji Price. There's quite a few Ronaldo questions coming up here, so I'll, I'll put them all together. Benji asks, is Ronaldo value for 12.5 million versus the mid-priced forwards? Do we expect him to blow the opposition out of the water every week to justify everyone reshuffling their teams to bring him in before we've seen him play for United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? So, very good points here. When I think about Ronaldo at 12.5 million, he needs to do an awful lot to justify the price tag. And really, if you're going to own him, you're probably going to want to captain him often in order to get value for your 12.5. And the closer, you know, going back to, to last week when the first week of the international break, I was very much leaning towards just getting Ronaldo, taking a minus four, getting rid of Bruno and captaining Ronaldo against Newcastle. But the closer we get to the deadline, I'm kind of swinging the other way. I'm kind of leaning back towards going back to my strategy you know, my list of golden rules, which I wrote out at the start of the season, and if I get rid of Bruno for a minus four to get Ronaldo, it goes against quite a few of my, my golden rules. You know, For example, bank a transfer as often as possible. My, my team looks quite good on paper this week, so I don't really need to take a minus four. Um, you know, Removing a player like Bruno before a game against Newcastle doesn't sit right with me either. I also think it's not guaranteed that Ronaldo will start against Newcastle. So that plants seeds of doubt in my mind if I was to bring him in I don't necessarily think I would captain him if I brought in Ronaldo for Newcastle I still think the likes of Salah and Antonio are possibly better captaincy options just because of that slight doubt that he could start on the bench against Newcastle a lot of people are dismissing that but it has to be you know a possibility so I'm undecided on Ronaldo at the moment but I'm leaning towards not getting him and part of the reason is as Benji mentions here the value you get from the mid-price forwards. Look at Antonio. 
Calvert-Lewin's been great. Uh, you know, there's the likes of Bamford, there's Jimenez. There's lots and lots of options there. And I probably still favour, you know, Salah for the captain's armband most weeks over Ronaldo. Again, like Benji mentions here, until I see Ronaldo at United and I see how we look with him, because I watched the Manchester United Wolves game a couple of days ago from Game Week 3 and I was very disappointed. I thought we were, we were pretty flat. Wolves deserved a lot more from the game than they got. I think the XG reflected that. They were well on top for XG in that game, Wolves. So I'm slightly concerned about United. You know, it's Ronaldo's not going to just go in and completely fix things. I hope he does. But I'm not convinced he's going to blow opposition away week after week to justify his price tag. And I think Lukaku for a million less, to me, feels a lot better because he's playing a better team. And, you know, I just have more faith in Lukaku as an asset at the moment until I see what Ronaldo does. So, yeah, I was pro-Ronaldo last week. I'm recording on Tuesday. I'm now leaning towards not getting him, but I've still got time, you know, to change my mind before the weekend. And what complicates things for me is I'm going to the game, so I'm conflicted. You know, it shouldn't come into my thinking, but it's playing into my thought process a wee bit. You know, can I sit in Old Trafford? You know, I'm going down there mainly to see Ronaldo's homecoming. So can I go there without having him in my FPL team? Or do I just keep Bruno and just enjoy the day regardless? So yeah, it's a tough one. A um, couple of related questions. One from David Wilcock. Does Ronaldo help or hinder Manchester United's other assets such as Greenwood and Bruno? So I think we have to say it's more likely to hinder than help because for Greenwood in particular, there's one less position in the team for him to play if Ronaldo's going to be in the starting eleven, We've seen Greenwood play as you know the number nine this season if Ronaldo's going to be the number nine most weeks that's more likely rotation for Greenwood I think Greenwood's safe at the moment I still think Greenwood's I think if you have him you keep him for sure and I also think he's a fine transfer in for the Newcastle fixture because I, I think he'll play even if Ronaldo starts Bruno Fernandes I think again most likely to hinder because of penalties there's some debate as to who will take them you know Ronaldo takes them for Portugal I don't necessarily think that means Ronaldo will take them for Manchester United. It's very much Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's decision. If it was my decision, I would keep Bruno on them because I think he's a better penalty taker than Ronaldo. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. I think most likely what will happen is Bruno will probably give the penalties to Ronaldo or at least give him the first one if it's against Newcastle at Old Trafford to get him his first goal on his return. But maybe it will go back to Bruno then or maybe there would be a bit of a rotation there. So it's unclear. But obviously Bruno very dependent on penalties as an FPL asset. So I think it will hinder Bruno. I don't think he's going to be as good an asset. But that doesn't mean we need to sell him right away. Bruno could go out against Newcastle and he could do what he did against Leeds in game week one. You know, score three great goals. Off the top of my head, I don't think any of those were penalties. I think it was three goals from open play. So hopefully he can do that for those who keep him against Newcastle. So it's a wait and see. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, until we get a few games of information with Ronaldo at United. Certainly intriguing to see what happens, the Bruno versus Ronaldo debate. And finally on Ronaldo from Tom at FPL Connect, what's your general view, pun intended, on Ronaldo in for a hit? Should those with Bruno, Kane and other decent Game Week 4 options consider saving the minus 4? I'm always very reluctant to take a minus 4 because we know it's very hard to get points in FPL. I always think of a a minus four as, as giving away one of your clean sheets or giving away one of the goals that one of your forwards has scored in the previous game week. So I'm always reluctant to do it and I always pause. You know, I'm not going to just jump straight in, take a minus four, job done, Ronaldo in. 
again, it depends on what players you're losing and what players you're bringing in. You know, my scenario, I need to lose Bruno for a minus four before Newcastle. That doesn't sit right with me. Uh, I think Bruno could easily do well in that fixture. Uh, I don't know if I'd necessarily captain Bruno if I kept him. Like I said, I think Salah and Antonio, to me, are very good options this week, which I'll cover a little bit later in the podcast. So yeah, definitely do consider not taking the minus four. The one thing I will say, and if I end up going and getting Ronaldo before the weekend, one of the reasons I like it is because it changes the team structure. I don't have an expensive striker at the moment. I think I want to have an expensive striker for team structure, whether it be Ronaldo or whether it be Lukaku. And what I like about the Ronaldo minus four, it gets you there. It gets you your premium striker. You can keep Ronaldo for, let's say, three game weeks. He's got good fixtures. And then it's an easy move from Ronaldo to Lukaku for game week seven onwards. And then that might mean you can keep your wild card for a little bit longer as well. So there is pros to the minus four for Ronaldo in terms of team structure as well. So that's why I'm, I'm really struggling with the decision because there's there's reasons why I want to do it and there's reasons why I don't want to do it. So that's, that's what I need to chew on for the next couple of days. Moving away from Cristiano, question from Rob Pohl. Could you rank these forwards, Antonio, Calvert-Lewin, Jimenez and Bamford? So four forwards here. I'm going to rank them one to four. It's very easy to rank number one. It has to be Antonio. Absolutely sensational pick this season and long may it continue number two I think I would rank Calvert-Lewin now this is very much based on what I've seen this season and I always try and draw a clean slate forget about what happened last season and base my opinions here on what's happening this season so Calvert-Lewin I would put second he's passed the eye test for me and also penalties I think is huge for him as an FPL prospect he could get 20 goals this season if he stays fit Jimenez and Bamford is a harder one to rate and I think People will have different opinions on this one. I lean towards ranking Jimenez higher. Uh, I like what I've seen from Wolves. I like what I've seen from Jimenez. I like his underlying numbers. I know Wolves haven't scored a goal yet, but that's going to change pretty soon. So Jimenez for me is above Bamford, mainly because I don't like what I've seen from Leeds. I think they've been disappointing so far. I think it's been a slow start from them. I know Bamford has a goal and an assist, but I think he hasn't looked amazing either. I think I watched the Game Week 3 Leeds game a couple of days ago. It was the Burnley fixture and there was a couple of occasions where Bamford had you know good, decent opportunities and he just took that extra touch you know, or didn't get the shot away. Whereas last season, he wouldn't even have been thinking about it and he would just be firing shots off. So I think Leeds, I'm down on Leeds and, and Bamford a little bit at the moment and I'm hoping that they improve. They've got a tough fixture. I think it's Liverpool this week. But then it's a very nice run of fixtures. Uh, again, another reason why I lean towards Jimenez. Go and look at the Wolves fixtures for the next 10 or 11 game weeks. It doesn't get much better. I don't think they face any of the top teams for the next 11 game weeks. So Wolves assets are going to be popular because they've got the fixtures and they have looked good despite not getting the results so far. So number one, Antonio. Calvert-Lewin number two. Jimenez three. Bamford number four. Question from Anthony. Another ranking question. How do you rank Jota? Greenwood and Torres as options from this game week onwards. I'm snookered with Jota because I've got Shimakas, so I've got Salah, Trent and Shimakas, so I can't get to Jota as my Bruno replacement if I decide to go for uh, Ronaldo. In this ranking, a lot depends on news on Firmino. We haven't really had an update yet, as far as I could see this morning, on Firmino's fitness, so hopefully Klopp is clear. If Firmino was to miss, let's say, two or three games... 
which I don't think is likely from what I've seen so far over the international break. Sounds like he'll be back sooner rather than later. But let's say Firmino was to miss two or three game weeks. I think that puts Jota to the top of this ranking between himself, Greenwood and Torres. So if Firmino's out, Jota's number one. If Firmino's fine, I think I would put Torres number one. I just think when we've got an out-of-position prospect playing for one of the best teams in the league... And when he only costs about seven million, I think it's one you don't overthink. You just get him. I think it's better to be on him rather than to miss out on the potential. I think it's fine to get him if he becomes subject to pep roulette. We can always sell him, but I think I'd rather be on him when he's capable of scoring braces and hat tricks, playing up front for Manchester City, rather than trying to overthink it and think right he could be rotated. I'm not going to go there. So I'm very much pro Torres after what he did in game week three. Not just game week three. I think he's looked good in the first two games as well just didn't get the points and then Greenwood that it's, it seems pretty harsh to put Greenwood number three out of these if I'm going to put Jota number one if Firmino's injured because he's got three goals in three games he's got a great fixture this week but I think overall there's not very much between the three players I think if Firmino is okay if he's fit I think I would be Torres number one Greenwood number two and then Jota number three so Jota is either first or last dependent on the Firmino news. So yeah, all three I think are very good options regardless. Question from FPL Noob. Is Watford Sar being overlooked as a downgrade to fund Ronaldo? Particularly for those planning to wildcard in game week 8. He's got Wolves, Norwich, Newcastle and Leeds in the next four. Why not back a talisman instead of a non-assured starter like Torres? So yeah, good argument here for Sar. But for me... I do think he's a good option next four game weeks, particularly if you're going to wildcard game week seven or game week eight. But when it comes down, for example, here, Saar versus Torres, for me, it's no contest because of the teams they play for. You know, Watford haven't been great. Torres is going to get lots and lots of chances as long as he's playing. Even if he gets 60 or 70 minutes, you would fancy him to come away with a goal in most games because of the position he's been playing in. So for me, it's no contest between Saar and Torres. But certainly... Don't rule Sar out as an option for your transfer this week. I just haven't seen enough of him. You know, haven't been that impressed by Watford. So I think, you know, it's very important to have... I always try and have as many players from, from good teams as possible. You know, your Cities, your Chelsea's, United's. So when it comes down to a decision to buy a Watford player versus a Man City player, for me, it's usually an easy decision. Question from 3FPL. Are we overlooking Spurs assets? I can see me holding on to Son until game week 8. In addition, I think the extra game time for England will be good for Kane. So again, go and find out more about the Son injury on international duty. You know, if he's flagged for the weekend, you're probably going to be worried and you might be tempted to sell then. If Son's absolutely fine, I think he's a fine player to keep. He's been doing well for you. I think he's got two 10-plus pointers already in the first three game weeks. He's been very consistent even though Spurs haven't been scoring too many goals so yeah if you have Son I would be probably inclined to keep him unless he's the only way to get to someone like Ronaldo or Lukaku up front I'm not feeling it for Kane I don't think he's looked great I think he looks pretty sluggish at the moment yes the England game time will hopefully bring him up to speed but I think Kane is very much third place in the rankings when it comes to Ronaldo Lukaku and Kane final question for this week from FPL Bean Counter who are the best goalkeeper options for those on wildcard? Should we save by sticking with Sanchez and then maybe swap to Raya in game week 9? 
Or should we find the extra cash for Sa at Wolves or even Leno for the longer fixture run? So I would stay away from Leno because I think Ramsdale will get a chance at some point. So that could be a problem. Sa at Wolves looks like a good keeper. But again, no clean sheet so far. I know the fixtures were tough, but I just think goalkeepers are a nightmare at the moment. So if I was wildcarding this week, going into game week four, I think I would just stick with Sanchez and just use the 0.5 million elsewhere in your squad because I don't think we have enough information on goalkeepers yet to really say who's going to be the best pick this season. There's certainly no Martinez emerging from last season yet. So I think I would just stick with Sanchez or one of the other 4.5 million options then just reassess that later. So yeah, goalkeepers is a, is a bit of a pain at the moment. Game week four captaincy now. So I've had a look at my matrix that I made before the season. I've added a few options to it this week as well. So initially for this week, I had Salah down against Leeds, Bruno against Newcastle and Tottenham against Crystal Palace. But I've added three more to the mix now. Antonio against Southampton, Ronaldo against Newcastle and Lukaku against Aston Villa. So I think there's six pretty strong options for captaincy this week. I think for me it depends on what my transfers are. If I don't get Ronaldo, I think I'll be looking to either Salah against Leeds or Antonio against Southampton. I think both of those are equally as good options this game week. If I keep Bruno, I will consider giving him the armband, but the fact that he may not have penalties uh, if Ronaldo's playing will probably sway me towards Salah or Antonio. I haven't ruled out buying Lukaku instead of Ronaldo this week, but Lukaku's another player who's got a yellow flag now. I think he said he was going to get a scan on his thigh this week, so that's cast doubts over him. I think he's a very good captaincy candidate against Aston Villa, but only if it's very clear that he is fit. And if you've got Son and if you've got Kane, I think Crystal Palace is a good fixture there as well. So if I get Ronaldo, will I captain him? I'm not sure, unless... Ole makes it very clear that he's going to start in his press conference. I may get Ronaldo and still captain Antonio or Salah. So again, I'm undecided, so I'll come back to the captaincy in Friday's episode and hopefully I'll have a bit more clarity on what I'm doing and what I think is the best option. Uh, so hopefully by then we'll have news on Ronaldo from the press conference. Also have an update on Lukaku's fitness. In terms of transfers, I haven't made any moves yet. I've only got one free transfer, so I've, I've got five options. Option one for me is always save the transfer, which I think is, is fine. I could just keep Ings against Chelsea, which is not ideal, but then I would have a lot more flexibility for game week five, you know, to move to Lukaku or Ronaldo. Maybe I give them another week to see which one I really want to buy. Option two, which I was leaning towards last week, but not so much now, Bruno and Ings out for Torres and Ronaldo, minus four. Uh, Greenwood's another option there, if I don't fancy Torres but I think I would lean towards Torres if I went that route. Option three, one free transfer, Danny Ings out, Jimenez in. I think Jimenez is a really good option for the upcoming game weeks with the fixtures. Option four, instead of Ronaldo, I could get Lukaku and captain him. That would still be a minus four. And then option five, wildcard. And again, probably not going to do that unless there's lots of issues in the next couple of days. So I think I could end up saving. Sounds pretty boring. I'm not ruling out Ronaldo for a minus four, but it probably depends on what, what Solskjaer says in the press conference. And then I really like Ings de Jimenez. Uh, I think that's probably the one I'm most likely to do at the moment, you know, talking on Tuesday. Ings out because he's got tough fixtures. Jimenez in because he's got good fixtures and he's passed the eye test. And then worry about, uh, you know, Ronaldo and Lukaku later. So, yeah, very much, as you can see, undecided 
with a couple of days to go but that is just my current thoughts i'm not going to give it too much thought until friday as there's likely to be a few surprises to come in terms of players returning from international duty with covid and some players may have to isolate that we're not aware of yet either so if you're like me and you're undecided don't tear your hair out until you know friday until we have all the information if you haven't made your transfers yet wait until friday night or saturday morning if you can Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss Friday's episode. If you'd like to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season. Have a great week, folks, and I'll talk to you all again on Friday. The Athletic.